This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. And we are here to give you our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Please contact us. Please contact us. Please. At Overdue contact. Homework. At Overdue Homework Podcast at gmail.com. Trav, how are you doing? Pretty good. It's the running theme for me doing these on my day off. But <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> how about you, Drew? I am really, really good. We talked about this shortly before we actually started, uh, started the show. But uh, I've been drinking lots of body armor lately. And... Props to them for filling their bottles as full as they possibly can. <laughs> but every time you open the bottle of body armor, it spills on my pants. It spills on my pants. So Look, other than... like you want yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, Miles Davis over here. <laughs> Miles Davis over here. Uh, so thanks, uh, body armor, but no thanks. So. But no thanks. But I love you, body armor, if you're listening. I've got like the opposite deal as Frito-Lay and the <laughs> chips <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Which Fritos used to always be like the go-to because you knew the bag was going to be completely chock full of Fritos. Yeah. It's just not the case anymore. No, it's we're just talking half full. Half full if you're lucky if you're on a lucky. good day, on a good day, on a good day. So in the production of the episode today, I used uh, some articles from various websites, one of them being ScreenRant.com and specifically an article by Jake D. Jake has made an appearance on our podcast before. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Uh, CinemaBlend.com, an article by Philip Sledge. What a name, Sledge. 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 Uh, Do you think he loves Peter Gabriel? Probably. Uh, and then finally, an article from Cracked.com, and that one is by Jim McNabb. And Jim has also contributed to our show before. So thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Um, of course, we, our homework assignment for this episode was Tommy Boy from 1995. Uh, Trav, this was sort of homework for you? Sort of homework. I, I don't think i've seen it enough to remember anything other than the few parts i've seen on repeat right in this so yeah it was pretty fun that's good that's good not homework for me that's a movie that was uh heavy rotation for me in the late 90s uh so uh, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode but i'm gonna go over it again uh before deciding on the movie title for tommy boy several other titles were under consideration one of them being rocky road that's an appropriate name for the show i guess yeah right? for the movie i should say fat chance seems uh uh like it's an exploitive name maybe a little bit <laughs> yeah uh xl is another name so also just playing on the fat angle which all right, it was the 90s, I guess. I guess. And, of course, the front runner for the movie was Billy the Third, a Midwestern. But another movie came out in 1995, and if you're a constant listener, it was just last episode. <laughs> uh, B- Billy Madison came out also in 1995, and it was scheduled to come out slightly before Tommy Boy. So it was deemed too similar, and the title of Billy the Third fell to the wayside. To the wayside. Um, all those titles make sense, but I think Tommy Boy is maybe the best title for the movie. Definitely. I love how they say it a few times. Like, it's his nickname. It's yeah. It's an appropriate name for the movie. It's a sweet Tommy Boy. It's Sweet Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, get up here. <laughs> uh, this movie, uh, Tommy Boy from 1995, was directed by Peter Seagal. Seagal. Peter Seagal. Seagal. Uh, so the script was kind of based on several real life inc- incidences that uh, Seagal was uh, involved in. 
Um, he and Saturday Night Live writer Fred Wolf uh, significantly rewrote the first draft by Bonnie and Terry Turner. Uh, the two SNL, former SNL writers who wrote Wayne's World and Coneheads, uh, they were there to kind of flesh out the story a little bit. Uh, they started, started by jotting down real-life anecdotes on index cards, such as when uh, Wolf's uh, hood flew off uh, the front of his car uh, and the time that uh, Siegel was heckled by some kids while on a date on a beach. So I've never been heckled by kids on a beach. No. Nope. <laughs> Certainly not like... Uh... Tommy is in the movie. No, right? no, not like Tommy or Michelle were in that in that segment at all. Uh, this movie was written by Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner, uh, produced by Lauren Michaels. Uh, the idea for Tommy Boy began with Lauren Michaels. Uh, the project started with Michaels, who originally envisioned the movie focusing on two brothers, played by Farley and Lowe. Uh, but director Peter Siegel, he uh, thought it'd be uh, more about Farley's friendship with David Spade's character instead. So that's the direction that they took the movie. Um, the movie is starring Chris Farley as Tommy Tommy Callahan the uh, Third, David Spade as Richard Hayden, uh, Sandler was up for the role of Richard. It would have been interesting to have the two like big Sandler movies back to back like that. Yeah, would have that have been that would have seemed way different to me if he was Richard in this movie. It definitely would have been way different. Not that David Spade isn't funny. No, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems. Like, Adam Sandler would have played it too goofy. Yeah, I mean, he would have had to have played it like a straight role. Yeah. He, he would have had to. Like, other he's w- the smart professional. Right. I don't know. Maybe it was he was more up for the role when the movie was going to be more about two, like, goofy friends instead of, True. like, a, what did I say, two goofy brothers? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. maybe they ch- would have changed it up a little bit yeah. if he would have gotten it. But it would have been weird to have two, like, extremely odd and crazy people on the screen at the same time yeah i don't know if it would have worked at all uh so spade and farley at the time they were still snl cast members uh and since the film was primarily shot in toronto the two had to fly back and forth between toronto and new york so not a long flight but you're getting on a a plane a couple of times a week i would have to assume Uh, so in addition to filming in toronto they used some other areas in ontario Uh, And then filming took place in Sandusky and Marblehead, Ohio, and El Mirage Dry Lake Bed in California. For the life of me, I cannot think of where they were filming in a dry lake bed. Me either. For the life of me. Maybe the cow tipping scene? Some night stuff, maybe? Maybe. Like, but other, I can't think of a single instance where anything looked like a desert landscape whatsoever. No. So, I don't know. Um, of course, the movie's also starring Bo Derek as Beverly Burns Barish. Beverly Burns Barish. Triple B, as they like to call her. <laughs> Tommy's stepmother. Uh, Julie Warner as Michelle Brock, a high school classmate of Tommy. Um, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Zelensky. Brian Dennehy as Big Tom Callahan Jr. So <laughs> his dad would be Tom Callahan, I guess. Uh, Sean McCann as Frank Rittenhauer, the vice president of Callahan Auto. And Rob Lowe as Paul Barish, Tommy's older stepbrother. Uh, so despite having a major role in the film, Rob Lowe is uncredited as Paul Barish in this movie, which you may say, why? Why is he uncredited? Rob Lowe is a big deal. He was a big deal in the 90s. He's a big deal now. Why would he be uncredited in this movie? Yeah. So while making the film in 94, uh, Lowe was actually contractually obligated uh, to the adaptation of uh, Stephen King's The Stand. So that was the miniseries that came out around the same time. So instead of jumping through all the legal hoops of getting out of his contract to be credited in Tommy Boy, Lowe agreed to appear in the film to appear in the film uncredited as a favor to Chris Farley. Nice. 
Uh, but just in case Rob Lowe couldn't complete his part due to his contractual obligations on the stand, uh, Peter Siegel auditioned actors to replace him. Um, auditions took place uh, while filming was already underway. Among the actors for the role, Matthew McConaughey. Nice. All right, all right, all right. That would have been his. So that would have been before Dazed and Confused. So it would have been his motion picture debut. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, he could have played the evil guy. I guess it would yeah. have had a weird Southern accent to it that wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. in this movie being in Ohio. But right. I don't know. It would have worked. I mean, they would have just had to have said that Beverly was also from the there, South. Yeah. Maybe Bo Derek can't do a Southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> So Tommy Boy was released uh, March 31st, 1995, and a lot of critics hated it, just like Billy Madison. Jeez. Uh, the New York Times called it the very poor cousin of a dopey Jim Carrey movie. Yikes. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly said, stupid, disreputable junk. <laughs> That's uh, to the point. That's to the point. And Roger Ebert wrote, it plays like an explosion down at the screenplay factory. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they were not kind. They were no, not kind. No, they were not. So Tommy Boy had a budget of $20 million. It made $32.7 million, uh, and that's $65.9 million in 2023. And compared to Billy Madison, uh, Billy Madison's box office was 26.4, and that's uh, 52.5 in 2023. So that's an interesting comparison between the two movies. Um, are you surprised that uh, Tommy Boy was the more successful of the two? Not really. No, me neither. No, I think Billy Madison was too goofy, so if they thought that was too crazy, right. then this was definitely a step up from that, at least. I would say Tommy Boy qualifies more as a traditional traditional comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and Billy Madison is way more off-the-wall goofiness. Definitely. So Tommy Boy was a massive hit on home video, and so Tommy Boy is or was one of Paramount's top 10 best-selling VHS tapes of all time, along with classics like Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Godfather. Nice. Um, so, Trav, would you like to get to the breakdown? Let's do it. Let's do it. So the movie opens up to Tommy being late for school again as a child. Uh, climbing down from his treehouse, running to the sliding, running into the sliding door. Son of a... <laughs> now he's running to catch the bus, getting doused by the sprinklers, cutting through the hedges, chased by a dog, losing his history book, and then running into Richard on his bike. Late again, Tommy? You're pathetic. Shut up, Richard. <laughs> and we fade from a young Tommy missing the bus to an older Tommy also missing the bus in college. Damn. <laughs> He's still running. Uh, <laughs> so keeping that theme going, continuing through the beginning of this movie, cutting through the hedges, there's a fence on the other side. So they kind of presented it as if it was the same set of hedges he ran through as a child, and yeah. it's completely unrelated. No, yeah. It's still funny, though, I guess. Still funny. <laughs> So he's just trucking along, uh, running into some babes. Hi, how are you? <laughs> he sees the clock, the big clock in the square, and he's running out of time. So at this point, we don't know why he's running out of time, though. Right. We don't know why. Why don't? Why doesn't he just say, oh, shit, I'm late for a test? You <laughs> yeah, know, some, like, why doesn't he say so, that? Something. I don't know. I mean, we get to figure it out pretty quickly, but still, I wish we would have, I don't know seen known that at the beginning whatever uh he makes it to the building that he's got class in but the door is locked son of a <laughs> nope he was just doing it wrong because another student easily pulls it open yeah 
would it have been more believable if it was a push instead of a pull? Like, that would have been a better joke. Probably. Because he was like, was he pushing on? No, he was pulling on yeah, that handle. He was handle. pulling, but so the right door was locked and the left was open. Oh, so he was pulling. So I thought he was pulling on both handles at the same time. No, he was oh, okay. just on the right door going All right. crazy. Well, that makes more sense. And I was going to say, whatever it's called where you're just like doing straight up comedy by yourself interacting with objects yeah. has got to be one of the best of all time i mean that's just physical comedy i would say yeah. i mean that's what you would probably characterize it's it so in. heavy in this movie yes. and it was in or no yeah this movie is what i'm thinking yes of. it's so good it is it's really really good it's i mean it's it reminds uh, me of a lot of his skits from saturday night live and stuff obviously if it's a Lauren michael movie but. it's tom it's uh it's uh chris farley in his element doing right. what chris farley does best right uh, so Tommy gets to his seat just in time for the test. So that's when we figure it out it's a test, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the professor is definitely less than impressed with Tommy. I'm guessing it's probably not the first time that Tommy's had to take this class. <laughs> I would guess if he's <laughs> seven years in. And then that first question on the test. Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and blank Hancock were all framers of the Constitution. Herbie is what he comes up with. <laughs> Herbie. <laughs> Herbie Hancock. Uh, Tommy is very satisfied with his answer. <laughs> like that's a that's like a middle school history question. Yes. yes. <laughs> He's, maybe school's gotten harder. I don't know. But that just is a very weak question for a for college. For college, yeah. Must have been history 98. Isn't that like the <laughs> classes below the 100 level classes yeah. or something like that? So the next day, Tommy's there, and he's checking his grades. Sorry, excuse me. Pardon me. Can I just check this uh, D plus? Oh, my God. I passed. I passed. Oh, man. I got a D plus. I'm going to graduate. I wish we'd known each other. This is a little awkward. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) graduate. I love that. He just grabs that random kid. random dude. (laughs) This is a little awkward. (laughs) So he passed college, so yeah. it's party time, right? Party time. And that means smoking drugs and drinking. <laughs> Apparently they give a lot fewer D pluses than D minus. It's not a grade they like to give up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, after another bong rip, Tommy passes out and crushes the table. We're going to show this world a thing or two. We're going to show... <laughs> that makes me think of his Saturday Night Live oh, yes. crashing into the table. Oh yes, those pratfalls that he does—they're just the best. He—it's so convincing. He never takes any percentage off of his performance ever. Period. No. So Farley did insist on doing all of his physical comedy for himself in this movie. Nice. So to quote behind the laughter behind the uh, behind the scenes uh, documentary, uh, we said, "Chris, we'll get some stunt guy to come and do this," and he said, "Absolutely not. I wouldn't hear of it." Uh, he was completely dedicated to doing all his comedic stunts. Way to go, Chris! Nice. The world is. A sadder place without you because he would still be doing those pratfalls. Yes. It's like the same falling over gags that Chevy Chase kind of used to do, but like to the extreme. Like it's just an it's it's the best. It's absolutely the best. So sometime after the party and graduation, uh, Tommy has flown back home to Sandusky, Ohio at this point. Uh, Richard and Tommy reunite for the first time in a long time. I'd probably say since high school. Yeah. Uh, Tommy is late. He missed his flight this morning and his dad. Uh, Tommy's dad does have a surprise for him. At least that's what he told Richard. Yeah. Uh, I guess you should have called. I did call earlier. I left a message. A uh, message? What number did you call? Two, four, nine, or five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. 
Did I catch a niner in there? What were you calling from? A walkie-talkie? No, it was a cordless. <laughs> a cordless, like that makes it any better, I guess. Yeah. Uh, classic bit, always hilarious. That's just one of those classic things that is out there within pop culture now forever. Yeah. Uh, so maybe to deflect a bit, Tommy tells Richard that he has finally graduated. Did you hear I finally graduated? Yeah, and just a shade under a decade, too. All right. You know a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and off comes Tommy's bag. It's a garbage bag wrapped in tape. You spray that thing for bugs? <laughs> uh, did Like, he would only travel with a trash bag full of clothing. Yeah. He would only travel with that. That's the only thing that Tommy Boy exactly. would travel So we're in uh, Richard's GTX now, traveling to Callahan Auto. We find out that Callahan Auto may not be doing that well financially. They shut down the tire plant and the muffler plant, too. So we also find out that Richard is very fond of his car at this point. Yeah. Uh, Tommy also spills what looks like an entirely full bag of M&Ms into the (laughs) tank. Why it was sitting up there, nobody knows. Uh, Richard probably should have seen that one coming, right? Yeah, he should have never (laughs) let him put him up there. That sounded good. Uh, Melted chocolate inside the dash, that really ups the resale value. I think you're going to be okay here. They have a thin candy shell. Surprised you didn't know that. I think your brain has a thick candy shell. Your brain has a shell on it. Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. (laughs) So at the plant now, we meet Tommy's dad, Tom Sr., Big Tom Callahan. And we find out money is a real problem for them right now. Uh, The bank doesn't want to give them any more money. Uh, Outside investors, no, this is a family business, so you won't even entertain the idea of outside investors. Uh, Tom and Tommy, though, they do reunite. Uh, Tom couldn't be any more excited to see his son. He really no. he really loves that dude. Yeah, he does. So they head to the workroom floor to show the banker dude what the what a real family business looks like. All the workers know Tommy, um, and they're really excited to see him there. He's very lovable from the beginning of this movie, so yeah. I can understand why. I mean, he's probably been running around that factory since he was a kid. Definitely. It probably explains a lot about his personality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some good physical gags on the workroom floor, uh, running into the obvious OSHA violation of that po- uh, the pallet <laughs> being suspended in the walkway and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shooting the oil filter across the room. So yeah, yeah. Good distance. Definitely. <laughs> and it was surprisingly believable, even though it was uh, almost 100% an animated painted on the cells, right? Yeah. But it looked pretty good. It, it looked you, good. You could tell that it wasn't actually happening, but it still looked pretty good. I liked it. It was a good effect. Uh, it probably cost like almost all of their effect budget for the <laughs> yeah. one shot because, yeah. I mean, it's not a, an effect-heavy movie by any means. So. Yeah. Uh, the new brake pad division of Callahan Auto, it's going to save the company. Uh, they're, God, they're the goddamn Rolls-Royce brake pads. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love the bit when he's uh, when Tommy's dodging the hooks? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ultimately smashing his head? Look out. I got cat-like speed and reflexes. I was uh, checking uh, the specs on the end line for the rotary girder. I'm retarded. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that word for the first time in this movie. Yep, like, and it comes up again. It does come up again. It's just such an interesting, like you would have never, even 10 years ago, you probably would have never thought twice about hearing that movie, hearing that word in a movie. Now you hear it and you're like, oh, like, yeah. what are you saying? Just you can't how say that. prevalent it is in these mid 90s movies, especially. Right. It's unbelievable. Uh, so Tom makes his final plea to the banker. I need cash. I need fresh capital for the material uh, for a new workforce before I can turn these machines on. 
And his banker buddy says, in 23 years, have I ever said no to you? Which that dude has an amazing voice. Like <laughs> yeah. in, a, in 23 years, have I ever said no to you? It's like an <laughs> unbelievable radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> Why say no when it feels so good to say yes? Thanks, Brian Dennehy. He did it all weird and like he was all gyrating when he said it. It was just weird. It was just weird. Uh, we go to Tommy's office and uh, that was the surprise, at least one of the surprise. Uh, the other surprise, well, not so much of a surprise, is Tommy. Tommy's a Nepo baby. <laughs> That's for sure. Can I open my eyes now, Dad? I never told you you had to close them in the first place, son. That's <laughs> hilarious. And it's kind of a running gag. He does it another time before he goes and sees his mother, which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, Tommy's office is uh, just great. <laughs> it even has a fridge for beer soda, right? <laughs> Enter Richard. Uh, Mr. Callahan, I need your John Hancock on those reports. John Hancock? It's Herbie Hancock. Duh. <laughs> Uh, Richard is definitely less than impressed with Tommy in his new office. He gets a window. And why shouldn't you? You've been here for all of 10 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Tom tasks Richard with looking after Tommy until he gets his feet wet. Uh, Richard is annoyed, and I can see why he probably would be. Yeah. And he takes this opportunity to insult Tommy yet again as Tommy reads the Callahan parts catalog. It's called reading top to bottom, left to right, group words together as a sentence. Take Tylenol for headaches, might all for cramps. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spade's got some really good lines in this movie. Yeah, he does. His acting performance at times is less than great in the movie. Kind of wooden at times. I agree. Yeah, for how much I love David Spade, I feel like it's pretty weak in this movie. You can tell it's his first motion picture. Definitely. Where Farley just shines. Yeah, because... Sometimes they use his some of the things I like he does perfectly, and then sometimes it's super forced with some of the lines that are in here. There's a few times too where he like is supposed to be disgusted in the movie, and he like tosses his hair and stuff, and I'm just he, like, oh come on, dude, you look he, weird, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, next, we see Paul Barish, Rob Lowe, exit a Greyhound bus. I love how Greyhound buses are so ubiquitous and ubiquitous in uh, '90s movies. Definitely, like, everybody's riding a Greyhound. Everybody. Bus. Nobody rides a Greyhound bus. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to ride a Greyhound bus unless I had to, I guess. Um, Ra, uh, Paul's instantly established as the villain in the movie. Uh, his look alone is enough to make him look evil. The, Definitely. the all leather, the all black, the greasy hair. Like, his hair is so greasy. So greasy. <laughs> so greasy. Uh, he smacks the window and hits the kid making face faces. Is that one of Billy Madison's classmates? I feel like it's the curly-haired kid from Billy Madison. It might be, actually. I, I think it is. Yeah. I didn't look it up to see. It just kind of looked like him, so I think it might be. And then, of course, uh, Paul tosses that milk carton into the baby carriage. <laughs> great, man. You're a villain for sure. Yeah, dude. So we're back at the Callahan estate and introducing Beverly. Holy shnikes. Is that for me? No, son. That's for me. Dad, she's like a 10. So that's a joke because it's Bo Derek, and she was in a movie in the 70s called... 10 because oh. she's a perfect 10 nice. so that's that's a joke but unless you've ever seen perfect 10 or if you know who bo Derek is i mean you wouldn't have any idea that's a joke so yeah. <laughs> uh and we find out tom's other surprise um i've asked beverly to be my wife wow man what did she say <laughs> the look that tom gives tommy after they're just like what like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we find out that Tom met Be- met Bev at a resort for overweight people, a fat farm spa, as Tom puts it. Uh, she was a trainer, and her son worked there, too. Uh, he's a great guy. You're going to love him, Tommy. He's coming here today for the wedding. Uh, Tommy is pumped. 
that he's going to have a brother, right? Yeah. Tommy has always dreamed of having a brother. Uh, speak of the devil, Paul's at the door. Brother? I'm Paul. You must be Tommy. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> Brothers got a hug. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul and Tommy at this point head out for the head out for the night. Uh, for a, Paul and Tommy head out for a night on the town. A uh, little brotherly bonding, which there's no scene between that and them heading out. Yeah. I wish there was yeah. something like you guys should go hit the town, but there wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't. I uh, can't believe I have a whole new family. This is awesome. Yeah, great. No offense, but if I showed a picture of your mom to some of my buddies at school, she'd definitely be boner of the month. I'm honored. <laughs> uh, do you love, uh, do you love, uh, I'm blanking on his name for some reason right now. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. He's in the movie. Paul, what's his real name? Rob Lowe. God dang. What's, God, God dang. <laughs> so do you love Rob Lowe in this movie so far? I love Rob I Lowe. I love Rob Lowe in this movie. He's Especially the because the main thing I think of him from is Parks and Rec. Yeah. He is beyond opposite <laughs> yeah. in that. Uh, and that we we don't have to talk about it too much, but I do want to say, if people say she's a perfect ten, she's a perfect ten. But that haircut is hideous in Her, this movie. Yes, it is hideous. It is. Lauren agreed too. She hadn't seen this movie, so one of the watchers was, was with her and. Yikes. When was that ever popular? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that haircut. I feel like in my life. No. So upon many watches of this movie recently, if you put two pictures of. Paul Barish and Beverly Barish, Rob Lowe and Bo Derek from this movie side by side. They're like practically the same person. Yeah. They have like the same haircut, different colors. Their facial structure is crazily similar. Crazily similar. Crazily similar. Yeah. Like it could be mother son almost or like <laughs> yeah. brother which, sister. Which makes sense for the mother son gag. It does. But I suppose. I was like, dang, they're like the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so, <laughs> I hate that haircut. But uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, they're in the car. Paul and Tommy are in the car. And Paul wants to know if there's anything interesting to do in this rink-a-dink town besides eating. Sure. Tons of things. Like? Late night pitch and putt. We go to the livestock auction and cruise the 4-H babes. Throw some stuff off the bridge. Which kids do not, do not throw stuff off the bridge. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Paul is more interested in something a little bit more dangerous. <laughs> what do you think he means by a little more dangerous? I like, don't know, because he can't give away like his secret motives or anything. No. So what, what would he expect? Drugs? Tommy to, drugs? Because he's rich. Drugs, I suppose. Does he want to go like rob a convenience store? Does he <laughs> yeah. want to go like, I mean, I guess he is kind of a criminal, but I don't like, what is it? And then they kind of do like the fake like it's going to be a whorehouse, but it's not a whorehouse. Like that's not dangerous per yeah. se. It's a terrible choice. Terrible choice. <laughs> but it's not dangerous per se. Definitely uh, weird. Yeah, definitely weird. Anyways, so they settle on cow tipping after the ruse of it kind of being a whorehouse. All right. <laughs> so we get some fun slapstick humor. It's Tommy. It's uh, Chris Farley at his best, right? Yeah. Things do not go well for Paul and Tommy. Obviously, they get caught up in a stampede of sorts, kind of. Uh, uh, was that the same old guy from Billy Ma <laughs> Billy Madison, right? <laughs> Almost. Uh, uh, Tommy does take the uh, brunt of the abuse in the stampede uh, from a cow, including being killed when the cow steps on his head. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Mean, just, he would be dead. Uh, <laughs> somehow they manage to get away without any extreme bodily harm, and they go to a gas station. They clean up a little bit. 
Man, did I get douched with mud. Hey, Chucko, that doesn't smell like mud. Oh, man, that's cold. I'm a maniac, maniac on the floor, and I'm dancing like I've never danced before. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? Why? <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, and I love that that gag runs throughout the movie too. Yeah. Like it's the other dude asks him about paint chips also, right? And then at the end Zelensky asks him if he was born under power lines. Like I love that <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a gag throughout the movie. Uh we're back at Callahan Auto now and Tommy's in his office. Luke, I am your father. Drew put an effect on that. <laughs> uh, so this movie is kind of credited for like furthering that uh, the fact that Luke, I am your father is the wrong line. It's the wrong line from Star Wars. He says, no, I am your father. That's what Vader actually says. Yeah. This movie's kind of credited with like furthering that incorrect line. So makes sense. Lots and lots of people said, I saw it. And so yeah. everybody, everybody says it that way. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> everybody says it that way. Uh, Richard interrupts happy time, though. I know you'd love to just sit there and keep being not slim, but we got to work a little today, okay? And then he walks out of the office. That was from Star Wars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like his uh, his like robot arm thing? Yeah. I hadn't thought about one of those things in a very, very long time. What a terrible toy. What a terrible toy. They're a toy. terrible toy. What can you do with that? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Other than give the middle finger. Other than that's all you would do. You'd that's find all that, you can do. You'd find one of those in a store. You'd put it on. You'd start giving people the middle finger. And <laughs> yeah. then you'd set it back down and go about your day. You got yep. your middle finger whatever up through you got you got it taken care of pretty pointless yeah very pointless uh tom wants tommy to figure out uh why they're having delays on the loading dock um on the dock tommy fails at figuring out what's going on with the delays and they get and then he gets mocked by the workers uh tommy maybe you should go back to college for another seven years and study a globe <laughs> <laughs> what a burn what a burn dude what a burn <laughs> Uh, Tommy then runs into his love interest, Michelle Brock from Chaparral, Chaparral High. (laughs) (laughs) And they went to high school together. So they have a little bit of a back and forth and Tommy was friends with her brother. Um, they used to steal donuts from the Safeway. Now he's a cop. (laughs) So then Michelle offers him a donut because he brought up donuts because he saw him on the table. Uh, I don't know. I'd better not. I have what the doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. I used to grab bear claws as a kid two at a time and get them launched right in this region here. <laughs> it's funny every time. You know, it's a funny line. The physical angle takes it to the next level for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, the joke comes off a little tone deaf and insensitive in 2023, right? Yeah. But I kind of feel like it's okay because it was like Farley shtick, right? That's right. what... He derived a lot of his humor from his physical appearance and his physical abilities. So do you think that makes it okay to still laugh at these jokes and to talk about these jokes? Like, I feel like because it's such a part of him and he's so comfortable yeah. with it, it's got to be. Like, that was his intent, you know? Right. He's not making, he's not being made fun of. He's doing the making fun, right? Right. It's him doing it. It's his joke. Yeah. And that was, it was, like I just said, it's kind of like the crux of his humor was his physicality. Agreed. And how he looked. and So I think it's okay to still laugh at these jokes and still have fun with them. Yeah. I think it's okay. Uh, so it's the wedding day now and half the town's there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom wants his son's approval and Tommy gives it to him. Dad, it's cool. I just want you to be happy. Enter Richard. Uh, they're ready for you, sir. 
Good. We're ready to. How do we look? Chubby. <laughs> I think that's the champagne talking. <laughs> it's a funny joke. It's a funny joke. Uh, the look that they both give give him is just like, especially uh, especially Tom Senior. He's just like, I'm going to strangle your neck, kid. I'm yeah. going to choke you out. Uh, so they have the ceremony and all seems well and it's time to party. Uh, everyone's having a really, really good time and Tom's still doing business even though it's his wedding day. Sounds good, Tom, but I'd like to take a look at your operation before I commit. Fair enough, Doug. Course, I can get a hell of a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take a butcher's word for it. <laughs> bull's ass. That's great. <laughs> uh, Tom makes the sale even after eight whiskey sours. Yeah. Uh, so it's time for Tom's toast. Uh, and what a lovely toast and musical performance it is, right? Yeah. That was really Farley and Denny singing. It sure sounded like it. It does. I yeah. love that they went for it. Hell yeah. Uh, plus any excuse for Chris to give us any more physical comedy. I'm always good with that. Exactly. Thinking of his Chippendales. Stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what it really reminded me of, yeah. too. Uh, bad news, though. Tom bit the big one. That's a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird how they cut away from him, not even going to a knee, right? They cut away from it so fast. Right. So Dennehy must have been like, I'm not going to the ground. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to like fake going down to a knee. But right. That's it. <laughs> or his fall was so like, huh, 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 so herky jerky and weird looking. Like, that oh, they we gotta, had to do that. Got to cut that out. Got to cut that out. <laughs> like he just like l- l- gently lays himself on the ground <laughs> yeah. and puts his hands next yeah, to his gonna ears. That's not going to work. Uh, so we're going to have to cut that out. Or somebody comes from off stage and slides a pillow underneath his head, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, this is just not going to work. <laughs> uh, so they bury Tom, and it's a pretty sad and somber moment for a comedy. Yeah. Uh, Tommy walking down that dirt road and going through the empty factory. Uh, the heart and the soul of the company is dead now, and Tommy has to take on that mantle. It really was like an emotional moment for me. And then every time, the, yeah. the, the bagpipes, music, the the lonely country road, the empty factory, yeah. it's just, it's a, it was really good at uh, getting those, tugging on those heartstrings. So we move quickly on from that, and we get Tommy and Michelle in his dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy reminiscing about his dad, quit playing with your dinghy. Uh, Michelle definitely feels uh, feels for Tommy's loss. Uh, she's happy that Tom invited her along for the boat ride also, so she's kind of into him, kinda right? Kind of into him, so score one for Tommy, um, even though there isn't any wind. Uh, their peaceful voyage, though, is rudely interrupted, however. Hey, Tubbo, you ain't moving. Yeah, you need a little wind here. No, you need to drop a couple hundred pounds, blimp. <laughs> Rascals. Hey, your sail is limp. Like your dick. Watch your language in front of the lady, punk. Jeez. Hey, Gilligan, did you eat the skipper? You better pray to the god of skinny punks that this wind doesn't pick up, because I'll come over there and shove an oar up your ass. Jeepers creepers. Those guys keep interrupting us. I'm sorry about that. Hey, lady, look out. There's a fat whale on your boat. Yeah. Yeah. Free Willy. <laughs> what a topical joke. What Free topical Willy. Because that came out in like 94. What a topical joke. <laughs> uh, just every time I see Free Willy, I just think of the image of the kid standing on the reef and Willy going in and the Michael Jackson song playing. You know, that's all I ever think of with Free Willy. I don't even, I've seen the movie a bunch of times, but I couldn't tell you what's ha- what happens in it besides the whale gets freed and Michael Jackson did some songs and soundtrack. Yeah. That's all agreed. I, we'll do Free Willy someday for you people. Someday. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Tommy's definitely had enough of these kids. Actually, Michelle has had enough of these kids. Well, I suppose Tommy's had enough of these kids yeah, on the beach, too. But Michelle especially, because she takes some actions. Listen up, you little spazoids. I know where you live, and I've seen where you sleep. I swear to everything holy that your mothers will cry when they see what I've done to you. But Michelle's only kidding. She doesn't know where they live. <laughs> but it gets the kids out of there. Yeah, it really does. Uh, she really does like Tommy, right? And they make a cute couple. They do. Uh, Tommy is grateful for Michelle's actions. That was awesome. <laughs> He's like, dang, lady, that was awesome. That was, that was cool. So we move over to the boardroom now, and uh, they're trying to hash out what is exactly going to happen to Callahan Auto, and uh, Zelensky Industries has an offer to buy the company out. Seems like a no-brainer at this point, right? Doesn't that seem like a no-brainer to me? Kind of seems like a no-brainer to me, but I get you want to keep it in the family and stuff, and this is like what you're going to give to your kids eventually, but so would be like millions of dollars invested, money makes money, I don't know, whatever, keep the company, it's noble. (laughs) <laughs> there's definitely pushback from the other board members about selling the company also. Uh, this company's always been family-owned. I don't want to hear the word sell again. Uh, Tommy and the newly Mrs. Callahan will benefit grac- greatly from the sale. Uh, so will the other board members. So it seems like there's a lot of, like, you should sell the company. But yeah. Tommy doesn't want to. I don't blame him. Uh, in the meantime, Callahan Auto still needs that loan to keep the company afloat uh, until they figure out until they figure things out, that's not going to happen, though, because no. there's uh, no way to uh, get anybody money because nobody's got any collateral. Uh, Tom basically got in over his head when he built the new brake pad division, and the bank refuses to take the risk. Uh, so did Callahan Auto die with Big Tom? Kind of seems like it did, <laughs> but maybe not. Uh, so if the factory does go on to under, the whole town goes under, and uh, then that's when the horrors come in. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what was that? Like... Paul Roblo is just like baffled by that lady. Yeah. And that's when the whores come in. <laughs> Men laying their trick money down. $20 to spend on the rent. Maybe instead I'll spend it on the whore. <laughs> <laughs> but Tommy is to the rescue at this point. He's going to give everything he has to the bank as collateral to get that loan. Let's all the money he's getting from his dad, all his shares that he got from his dad, the house, anything that he owns, which is probably not very much. Probably but that's not. like, dang, that's yeah. dang, that's everything, he's man. He's all in. He's all in. And the bank is all in, too. They're like, yeah, that's enough collateral. That, that, that should work. That, that'll work. Uh, but who's going to sell the brake pads? Tommy will do it. <laughs> Good job, Tommy. And then one last check-in with that old lady. Whores running around doing their little behind shake for the men folk. Alrighty. Thanks, lady. <laughs> Is that lady the second grade teacher from Billy Madison? I don't think so. Oh, man, I thought it might be. Just on looks alone. For Christ's sake, once during the war, I visited a prostitute and my life has been a living hell ever since. <laughs> that guy, that guy. So what are their positions? Like, are they, they're just there for fun? For they're, jokes? Just they're just there for fun yeah. and jokes. They, they must do, be related. They do nothing. They do nothing. <laughs> they're just there for fun. So of course they're trying to sell. They have no <laughs> yeah, skills. They, they're like, yeah, sell it, sell it. I don't care. Uh, they can, so we find out that they can only hold Zelensky off for a couple of weeks, which I don't know how they're like holding him off. Yeah. Like you just say, we're not ready to sell yet. If you really, obviously he's motivated to buy. Right. We find out later why he's motivated to buy. I mean, right. I, whatever. Uh, they are basically out of options though. They have uh, nothing left to do. So what is there left to lose besides yeah. 300 jobs? If the factory closes, I that's guess it. that's it. Um, Tommy doesn't know the first things about brake pads. So that's a con. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. But you know who does Richard? Uh Oh, 
that's a pro because Richard knows all about it. Yeah, so that's a pro. Con, cons and pros, pros and cons. Uh, Richard is not pumped to go out on the road with baby Huey. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, nobody has any better suggestions, though, as to what to do. So off you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Tommy and Richard on the road in the GTX. I can actually hear you getting fatter. <laughs> uh, do you do that ever? Catch up straight into the mouth with the French fry? Ketchup I do not. You don't do that? I don't do that. I've done it. It's not ideal. The ketchup <laughs> to French fry ratio is always way off. Yeah. It's always way more ketchup than French fry. It's always way off. Uh, this isn't a vacation for Richard, so let's review up, Tommy. Uh, Tommy kind of knows his stuff, but he still has lots of room for improvement. Yeah. Uh, and he just is like, why, why can't I remember it? <laughs> Try an association. Like, uh, let's see. The average person uses 10% of their brain. How much do you use? 1.5%? The rest is clogged with malted hops and bong resin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, quickly, though, we are to the first sales call to the Midwest Regional Auto Parts. I gotta do this. Are you ready? Yeah, sorry. I'm ready. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, your face does. Okay, let's check you out. All right. Pulls off his tie. (laughs) That's a clip-on. Are you sure? (laughs) We don't take... No shit from no one. No for an answer. (laughs) (laughs) So they head in, and uh, Tommy takes no for an answer. Yeah. Immediately. No. Repeatedly. Yeah. (laughs) Okie-dokie. And wash and repeat. Yeah. Until they finally get a maybe. So thank God they finally got a maybe. The store owner dude does not want Richard's sales pitch, so Tommy takes control, and he does his best. Now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. So this is like one of the super awesome rants, right? Obviously. This is one that I've seen a whole bunch, and I think in the DVD version of Seen It, this was the scene that would show from the movie, and then there'd be some random questions. So That makes sense. I've seen it a lot. (laughs) and your family's screaming oh my god we're burning alive no i can't feel my leg here comes the meat wagon and the medic gets out and says oh my god new guys in the corner puking his brains off all because you wanted to save a couple of extra pennies Get out. <laughs> the dude's desk is on fire. And there's multiple times in this where David Spade, you can tell, starts the yes. laugh. Just like yes. the scene in Saturday Night Live, but I can tell a few times. And then I can't tell if it's written in that he should be smiling or not, but there's a few where you can tell he's got to cover his mouth with his hand and how couldn't you? Right. When he starts to actually light that car on fire on the desk, <laughs> that's the time when he for sure slips up. When he laugh. tries to stop Farley from doing it, Farley <laughs> shrugs him off. He's like, mm, and he just does that quick. T- oh, man. That's, that was one of the fun things about watching this movie a few times was yeah. watching David or other people during the movie to see their reaction to from Chris. From Farley's yeah. acting. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the better parts parts of the the movie on subsequent watches and then also at the very end when tommy asks do you validate like (laughs) (laughs) get out get out (laughs) oh tommy and richard hit the road and they make a little pit stop for uh gas and directions to the next huge embarrassing failure (laughs) tommy destroys richard's car door yeah (laughs) i don't like how 
it's so destroyed. And then when Richard pulls it off, the door pulls the door off. It's, it's just like a pristine door. Pristine. Yeah. There's just no way. No, he does I did not like have that. a plunger in the car to pull out the dents right. or anything. I did not like that. Uh, Richard has some really hard time getting directions. He asks how far to Davenport. I can't find it on the map. Uh, well, get yourself a new map. Uh, I enjoyed the gas station clerk. He yeah, was very funny. funny. He was very funny. Uh, Richard Snark does not sit well with him whatsoever. He is just like, okay, dude, like I am here reading my book and this is what I do. I do not want to deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> Richard finally does get all his directions and finds out that Tommy didn't put any gas in the car. Why didn't you put any gas in the car? He says, <laughs> they're all out. They only got diesel. Better go to the next station. <laughs> Better go to the next station. <laughs> uh, and Richard opens up the door and it falls off. What did you do? <laughs> classic scene, classic gag. Super memorable. Another instance of this movie being like intertwined with pop culture forever. Yeah. Uh, back, at Colin, uh, back at Callahan Auto, uh, they're having a giant carnival for the employees. Maybe don't have a big party like that if you're going to go bankrupt. I'm going to say probably not. Probably don't. Um, but that giant carnival is just not the same without Big Tom. No. Uh, the employees are definitely disheartened by the fact that Tommy is out there trying to save the company. Are you kidding? We're all screwed. <laughs> that kid's one apple that fell way off the tree, <laughs> which is kind of weird to get that sentiment from them, considering when we first saw him, except for the one dude on the dock, Yeah. they were all like, hey, Tommy, we love you, Tommy. Yeah. But I guess they know what his true personality may be and the fact that he's just a huge right. kind of a dumb guy. Guy, like, he's a great, lovable guy, but now he's our boss, kind of. He's in charge with saving our jobs. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I could see why that would be a bit disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we get to see the true intentions of Paul and Bev. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> Uh, they're actually a couple, and they're scheming to steal everything they can from the Callahans. Um, they're they actually see Big Tom's death as like a good thing because they're planning on ble- bleeding him dry over a number of years. Right. So they're like, well, now we just got to figure out how to sell the company and make all our money and leave. Yep. Uh, Michelle sees Paul and Bev and seems very suspicious. Like maybe they're a really really close mother and son. Yeah. Maybe they're really close. Maybe they're like really super <laughs> duper close. <laughs> Yeah, really close. See, if they were from the South, it would have made more sense. Yeah. They, see, they should have been from Alabama. They, she would have been like, oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Alabama people. Sorry. I don't really Sorry. mean that. We're just joking. I don't really mean that. <laughs> uh, next scene, they're in the alleyway. Paul and Bev are, and uh, Paul pees on a high-voltage box and is shot across the alleyway, killing him instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Yeah, but it's seriously, though, it is very, very funny. Like yeah, it's hilarious it's and hilarious. super cartoony and that's obviously what they're going for. Obviously. So it's super funny and the fact that Paul's I wouldn't say his injuries necessarily escalate, but they are continuous. Continuous. And he's very funny with this yes, stuff. Yes. <laughs> and then Bev is just looking from side to side, like not a good bit of acting from Bo Derek in that instance. Not so much. <laughs> but it was still funny. Uh, like she wouldn't she like lean down and check on him? Maybe that just is reading this is probably reading too much into Tommy Boy. But she didn't lean down to check on him because she doesn't actually care about him because <laughs> yeah. she's a con artist, yeah, right? Exactly. Reading too much in the Tommy Boy, but that's what I'm gonna go with. Uh, back on the road with Tommy and Richard, uh, their luck is not getting any better. Their luck is not getting any better. Better. <laughs> they hit a deer. So what should they do? 
they should load it up in the car and take it with them. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I do, right? You just load that roadkill right up into your car. Definitely. Take it with them. Take it with them. Certainly. Take it with them. Uh, loading it up, put them uh, behind. Now they're only gonna be. Now they're gonna be late to Bradyado. They only have twenty minutes to get there, or something like that. So what are they gonna do with the deer? Uh, take it to a vet. You take dead animals to the vet? Why not? I'd take you to the vet. Yeah, I'll take you to the. Got that? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, one of their oldest customers now, Brady Otto, right? That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, so it should be a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, since Richard thinks it's going to be easy, Tommy challenges Richard to make the sale. Turns out the sale isn't going to be that easy for Richard at all. No. Uh, Mr. Brady does not like him. I don't like you. Probably never will. You're a smug, unhappy little man, and you treat people like they were idiots. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does, doesn't he? He does. So Tommy steps up and butchers the sale. Literally I'll, butchers the sale. I'll tell you what. You can take a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there, but wouldn't you rather take his word for it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that Tommy has really messed up because he's like, uh, what's that, son? <laughs> you've, uh, you've offended me. I quit. I can't do this anymore. My head's about to explode. My whole life sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. My dad just died. We just killed Bambi. I'm out here getting my ass kicked every time I drive down the road. I want to jerk the wheel into a goddamn bridge embankment. <laughs> Pulls his hair up. A goddamn bridge embankment. Oh, man. That's, uh, a, that's a famous meme, obviously. Yes, it is. It's hilarious, too, every time. Uh, and then Richard, uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, perhaps not. Back on the road and at nearing, not at, but nearing rock bottom. Uh, 285 miles from Minneapolis. Boom. Minneapolis. Uh, is in it later. <laughs> yeah, it is. And the deer isn't dead. Com isn't dead. Comedic gold. Just comedic gold. It's alive. I think it tried to bite me. <laughs> that car is just absolutely trashed Trash. after that deer goes crazy in there. No way that just happened. I swear I've seen a whole lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. But sorry about your car, man. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's some great Farley there. From that line to that line, the way he shapes up his face is so good. Sorry about your car, man. It sucks. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout the film, Richard drives a cherry convertible 1967 Plymouth GTX with Krager SS wheels, as he says. I barely know what any of that means. No. <laughs> uh, but once the deer destroys the car uh, and the deer is seen standing on top of the vehicle, the car is no longer the 67 GTX. Instead, it's a 1968 Chrysler Newport. Hey. I couldn't tell the difference. No. <laughs> uh, they pull into the Deer Glen Motel. That's funny, right? They <laughs> just deal with the deer. Yeah. Uh, the Zelensky commercials on the TV, and uh, Tommy thinks he's a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. So wait, the one guy that you're supposed to hate in all of this, you think is a nice guy? He does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tommy's lack of caring puts Richard off the edge, basically, over the edge. Uh, they have a half a million brake pads to sell. Richard's car is destroyed. We haven't made one sale. And the one guy who should be caring about this, you, doesn't. <laughs> Tommy says he just needs some help, uh, but Richard is totally over it, and Tommy will not be getting any help for Richard. This is one of the instances where his acting is terrible when he's on the couch. He, like, flips his hair over and then, like, sulks in the couch and, like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, come on, dude, you look like a 12-year-old. Yeah, he does. 
But Tommy wins him back with fat, fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> yep. that, that's what he does. He I wins guess. him back. It's his thing since yeah. he was a kid. Maybe. It's iconic and hilarious always every time you watch the movie. Uh, so that fat guy in a little coat routine was an, initially conceived as a skit for Saturday Night Live. Oh, wow. Uh, of which Spade and Farley were still cast members while filming, obviously. Uh, the idea came about when Spade and Farley shared an office for writing on SNL. And to break the tedium up of getting new stories put together for pitches, uh, Farley would constantly claim to Spade that he had a new idea. And every time, he'd revert, revert back to the same old fat guy in a little coat gag to make nice. Spade laugh. So the two ultimately decided it was too funny and they had to put it in the movie. Uh, but the original shot of them doing it, there was no musical compo- component. So when he sings fat guy, in, was not in the original shot. Nice. So in movies, they do this thing called coverage where they kind of just shoot like one actor by themselves for an extended period of time for editing purposes so they can use that shot however they want to edit. Yeah. So while they were doing that with Spade's character, Farley improvised the singing of it. And nice. so they reshot the whole scene again where Farley did the singing and stuff. So nice. That's a pretty interesting little story about how that came about. I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So back on the road and Richard and Tommy still are not getting along. 44 miles to Duluth. Uh, they're fighting over the radio a little bit, but they, uh, but then they come across the Carpenter Slammer Superstar, right? <laughs> yep. You can change it if you want to. <laughs> I don't care. It's up to you. I can live with it if you can. Suit yourself. Don't you remember you told me you loved me, baby? You said you'd be coming back this way again, baby. Baby, 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 baby. I love you. Good job, Trav. Shout out, Patreons. Shout out, Patreon. And you'll need to subscribe to the Patreon when we get that up and running to actually know why we said shout out, Patreon. So cue the hood flying up at this time and the car is out of control, pulls pulls out of a near head-on collision with a semi, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious. They're just spinning like a top on the highway, just around yeah. and around and around and around. Uh, Tommy left the oil can in the engine. Hey, if you're going to say I didn't put the right kind in, then you're wrong. I used 10W30. But you can't latch the hood too well if you don't take the can out, you no-selling waste of space. I swear to God, you're worthless. <laughs> Uh, Richard is very sick of Tommy. <laughs> yeah, very evident. Uh, Richard had to fight for everything in his life, and Tommy was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, so there's a certain level of resentment there that was already locked in when they met the first day after he got back, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, I'm Big Tom's son. He'll fix everything, so I'm allowed to be a moron. That's it. Get out of the car. It's time. You and me. <laughs> Tommy calls out Richard and tells him to take the first shot. Smack! <laughs> Come on, you can do better than that, can't you, Captain? Smack! <laughs> Limp wrist? Smack! If I wanted a kiss, I would have called your mother. <laughs> so, after repeatedly punching Tommy in the face, Richard hits him with a two-by-four. Because, I mean, that's a good es- es- escala- escalation. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, look, prehistoric forest. <laughs> Which, there is no prehistoric forest near Duluth. Not yeah. that I know of. Not that I know of. <laughs> Uh, Richard and Tommy uh, make it to the cluck bucket for some lunch and some reconciliation. And you hear the song in the background. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Richard, do I have a mark on my face? It really hurts. No, nothing. I thought I, I thought I hit you in the shoulder. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does right here. Not here or so much here. 
But right here. Nope, ship shape. <laughs> <laughs> and enter our friendly waitress. Uh, Richard orders a shrimp cocktail, and then she notices Tommy's face. Jesus, what happened to your face? I knew it. See, Richard? <laughs> Uh, Tommy just wants some wings, but the kitchen is closed. Boy, some wings would really hit the spot. Are you sure it's closed? Let me check. Yep, it's closed. (laughs) Okay, I'll just have a sugar packet or two. (laughs) And then Tommy asks the waitress her name. Helen. That's nice. You look like a Helen. (laughs) I love how he says that. You look like a Helen. You look like a Helen. (laughs) Tommy goes on to tell Helen why he sucks at selling brake pads. Well, I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. Oh, my pretty little pet. I love you. So I stroke it and I pat it and I massage it and I love it. Oh, I love my little naughty pet. You're naughty. And then I take my naughty pet and I go and I kill it. I kill my sail and I blow it. And that's when people like you and me have to forge ahead, right? Oh, Trav, that was like perfect. That was like perfect (laughs) delivery. Thank you. God, you're sick. Tell you what, I'll turn on the fryers. I'll turn the fryers back on and throw some wings in for you. Tommy likey. Tommy want wingy. And don't tell me you don't say that whenever you order wings, because I know I do. (laughs) Tommy likey. Tommy want wingy. (laughs) If I don't say it out loud, I at least say it in my head. Yeah. Uh, So that waitress is almost played by a famous sitcom star. Don't look and take a guess. Uh, I was thinking the girl from uh, Seinfeld, maybe. Oh, that would have Elaine Bennis. Uh, what's her real name? Her uh, Julie. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh, that would have actually been pretty good. She would have done well in that, I think. It was Roseanne Barr. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, she's a little bit more waitress looking, but <laughs> I think uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus would have been a good choice, too. Uh, she apparently was interested in playing the role, but Barr had to decline doing just due to scheduling. So, mm. see you later, Roseanne. See you. She's been canceled, so you don't see her in the stuff anymore. <laughs> yep. You don't see her in the news anymore. Boom. Uh, And Tommy, uh, boom, Tommy and Richard have an epiphany of sorts. Uh, Tommy knows how to read people and how to tell them what they want to hear, just like Big Tom does. So at least something passed on from Big Tom. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That board to the face must have jogged something loose, I guess. Uh, Will they have more success now that Tommy knows he has the goods to make a sale? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, they will. Uh, he has to sell himself to the customers and not necessarily sell the brake pads. So we're at that next sales call. Is he going to be able to do it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going too well. Ted is hung up on the lack of a guarantee on the box. But remember the chicken wings, Tommy, and use your skills, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy regales Ted with a story of a glue-sniffing guarantee fairy. Next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a hundred times. Why do they put a guarantee on the box then? Because they know they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a shit in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. (laughs) For your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality product from me. Okay, I'll buy from you. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? His rants in this movie are so good. So good. So good. Back in Sandusky with Bev and Paul now, and word has gotten back to them that Tommy made a sale. But it's only one, so Paul hatches a plan. There's lots of plan making in this movie. Everybody's <laughs> making a plan. Uh, it's very it's very simple to stop the trucks and to stop Tommy Boy. So that's all his plan is. You stop the trucks, you stop Tommy Boy. Yeah. So Paul heads to Callahan Auto to execute his plan. 
to fire a high-powered rifle at trucks, causing them to explode. Explode all of this <laughs> yeah. in plain view. Yeah, why not? Sure, why not? This should be fine. Uh, he's nearly attacked by the guard dog, and Paul is just out of range of that dog. Which, if it's a guard dog and it's a fenced-in, maybe it's not a fenced-in area, but I feel like he should patrol more than a 20-foot area. Probably. It's okay. It looks like it like literally almost bites his face off. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was like, you know, the illusion of depth where, you know, uh, Paul was standing further back right, from the camera right. advice. But still, I like that shot. I thought it was cool. Very good. Um, Paul finagles his position to get a good shot at the truck using his door as support for the gun, but the automatic seatbelt foils him, causing his shot to be off target, uh, causing a sign to fall, severing the dog's chain. And Paul just says, not good. Not good. <laughs> He's definitely dinner for that dog. And the second time, Paul is seriously injured in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you, did you ever ride or knew anybody that had a car with that style of seatbelt where it would come up and go down? Yep. I never, my dad never had one, but I've ridden it yeah, before like that. When you don't ride in a car like that very often, all of a sudden it's doing its thing. Yeah. I haven't ridden in a car like that in a really long time. Really long I haven't time. seen a seatbelt action like that in a very long time. They suck. They do suck. They're terrible. They're terrible. terrible. They're terrible. And that strap is always there. Yeah. It's always there when you're always getting in annoying. and out. It's always annoying. It just made people not use the lap belt part, I'm yeah. sure, right? Yeah. So it did nothing. It did nothing. Uh, back at to- back with Tommy and Richard at a hotel. They spend a lot of time at hotels. In yes, this movie. they do. Uh, which is probably super easy for shooting, right? You just make a, uh, a reservations for a bunch of different hotel rooms in yeah. the same city and just go from hotel room to hotel room. True. Yeah, probably really easy. Uh, Richard is consulting a map to figure out their route tomorrow, and Tommy is off to get a pizza. The only thing I need to figure out is whether to get Chicago-style or thin crust. The salesman has left the building. Chill, bud. What a (laughs) 90s thing to say. Chill, bud. Chill, bud. (laughs) Uh, With Tommy gone, Richard goes to shut the shades for a little privacy. Uh, That's when Richard spots a woman getting ready to take a midnight dip, and he is very interested. Oh, mamacita. (laughs) (laughs) But there's Tommy crossing the courtyard, headed back to the room. Presumably, that's what I would assume. Yeah. (laughs) I would have liked to have had a short scene with Tommy also spotting the lady, like maybe giving it plausibility why he would turn around so quickly. Yeah. Because where was this pizza place? Like yeah. in the lobby, That's maybe what, in I the guess. lobby. That would yeah. be the only thing I could think of. Just like him going through a security door and seeing her, like passing her in a hallway and being like, ooh, I got to turn around and do this. But the, the, we don't have that scene. No. We see him and he just says, hi, <laughs> Tommy, scram. Don't give her the weight room thing. Do you know where the weight room is? <laughs> I'll check it out. <laughs> She's just like, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, she seems it, like genuinely like would have been excited for him to stay with her. Kind of, right? Yeah. Kind of, right? Uh, it's hilarious how Richard knew that that's what Tommy was going to do. Like, yeah. Like he always pulls that. It's not the first time he's pulled it on this road trip. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now that Tommy is out of the picture, Richard continue his perv-out session, basically. Super perv-out session. Ooh, daddy likes. Now take off that itchy robe. Nobody's around. It's naughty time. Oh, those are real. <laughs> no one's looking. Speaking of no one's looking, zip. <laughs> Which he's wearing boxers. He's wearing there, boxers. There's no zipping. To there me. is no zipping. Unless he's like a like a never nude and he has boxers with a zipper. He's <laughs> <laughs> always in boxers. Uh, but Tommy returns in one of the funniest gotcha moments ever to put on film, if you ask me. Richard, what were you doing? Go, uh, going over some documents. <laughs> How could you be reading documents when they're in your briefcase? That's a mystery. 
were you watching Spank Division? <laughs> Maybe you were watching a movie with that funny comedian. Oh, what's his name? Buddy Wackett? <laughs> Hey, that's a pretty girl down there. Jeez, I wonder if she goes out with one of the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees. <laughs> All Richard wants to do is go to bed and hide from his embarrassment. Yeah. Funny every time. It's, oh, it's a, so it, funny. It's super awkward that he's like perving out on somebody, but Definitely. that scene, the gotcha moment... Of all the type of gotcha comedy stuff, it's it's so funny to so me. Funny. So funny, very unrealistic yes, that she yes. would get naked at this pool in a courtyard. <laughs> in pool. a courtyard, come on! But yeah, the way Farley says Richard <laughs> when he walks, <laughs> he knows instantly what he was doing. It's just so funny. <laughs> There was a lot of TNA in that moment, too, for a PG-13, right? Yeah. That's some full-on side boob and yeah. full butt. Both yeah. cheeks. True. Both cheeks. That's a lot of... That's for a PG-13. This movie pushes the PG-13 rating. Def- definitely. It's because there's, like, no violence except for the one fight with the two of them. Right. Uh, I guess there's a little bit of gun violence, but it's, like, on... It's on inanimate objects. Correct, yeah. Interesting. Because it seems to push it. I don't think that stuff would fly in a PG-13 today. I don't think so. I don't think it would. 1995, man. Yeah. As they go to bed, Tommy reminds Richard it's going to be a big day tomorrow and gets one last dig in before bed. Richard, who's your favorite little rascal? Alfalfa? Or is it Spanky? Sinner. <laughs> Just as he goes to bed. Sinner. <laughs> uh, back on the road in the GTX, and it has definitely seen some better days. Um, hardly legal with that, like, was that like a like a baby gate that is yeah, on the floor? Seriously, like, or a dog gate or something. something. Yeah. So, you would you'd think that they would get pulled over pretty quickly. Yes. Pretty quickly. Uh, but the sales are piling up. It's yes after yes, and Tommy's running into plate glass windows, which I'll laugh at every time. Yeah. Um, I like the sale where the manager asked Tommy if he ate paint chips as a kid, just <laughs> yeah. continuing that gag. Uh, they got a they got a future so bright they got to wear shades. I love that song. I don't know about you, but yeah. when they're back in the car and that song hits, uh, Callahan Auto is working at full capacity, and Tommy and Richard are picking up hitchhikers. Which uh, the hitchhiker doesn't have a single line or anything. The dog yep. just drools on Tommy. That's the <laughs> yeah. reason why she got in the car. Uh, Tommy getting out to pee and Richard rolling away. Hey, hey, my thing got stuck in my zipper. I got piss all over my pants. <laughs> Road trip antics. They're the best. Yeah, they're the best. Uh, Tommy and Richard, they seem like they're kind of being really good friends now. They're the best of friends. The best of friends. Um, also now we see Paul, he's fucking things up back at Callahan Auto. Um, he's there in Michelle's office, deleting orders, changing numbers on orders. Yeah. She sort of busts him. She's already suspicious of him. And then she sees him sitting at her computer, which if you go into somebody's office, you definitely don't sit at their desk. No. Right. If there's no place to sit, you stand, yeah. maybe sit on the desk and a little he, bit. But he's all like injured. He's yeah. Bleeding and <laughs> stuff just all over her crap. Yeah. So she uses her phone. No, no, she's even more suspicious. Uh, Paul is un- is there under the guise of talking about Tommy because he knows that she's interested in him and he's interested in her. Mm, circle yes or no, right? <laughs> uh, but his shirt gets sucked up a pneumatic tube, <laughs> which is <laughs> hilarious. His reaction is the best too. Yeah. Well, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Just walks out of there, slings his coat over his shoulder. In <laughs> uh, yet another hotel room with Richard and Tommy. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Could you come back here in an hour? Housekeeping. You want towel? No towels. Need sleepy. 
Housekeeping, you want mint for pillow? Please go away, let me sleep for the love of God! <laughs> Housekeeping, you want me jerk you off? And a hotel <laughs> is this? Now that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> uh, Tommy is relieved that it's just Richard at the door. Uh, Richard has some great news. They made one more sale and that puts them over the mark. Oh, uh, Richard, I'm so happy. Hold me. Don't run away from your feelings. So they literally said, Farley probably said, or maybe he even did it on his own, was like, I need to go get some kids' underwear. Yeah. I'm going to be wearing them in this shot, and it's going to be <laughs> comedy gold, because it is. It is. <laughs> uh, we are now in the newly retrofitted GTX, the tarp soft top, looking very elegant. Nice. <laughs> and we get uh, some fun music montage of sorts, and we get Come on, Eileen end of the world nobody really knows all the words to that song right nobody I, really I love that part <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody does when they sing it on the radio at least right and eris 2 as well i don't know that song but no. it's still funny that they sing it yeah i don't know what eris 2 is at Just all email us the answer yeah e- email us if you know what eris 2 is please email us email us you singing that to us please <laughs> Uh, so back in Sandusky at Callahan Auto and Paul's meddling comes to light, uh, stuff went wrong, stuff went to the wrong places in the wrong quantities and most of the sales that Tommy and Richard made are being canceled at this point. Um, without the sales, they can't pay the bank. It's all over. There are no more breaks to be had. Uh, they're going to have to sell this to Zelensky. That's all. I mean, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Uh, Zelensky is only interested in the company name. He's only interested in the Callahan name. So everybody's going to lose their job because he just wants to slap a box, put some stuff in a box that says Callahan because it's a premium product uh, by 6 p.m. tomorrow. So nobody's going to have a job. Uh, Tommy and Michelle's office and he blames her which he kind of it's like half-hearted blaming but he still blames her he's not helping the situation definitely he never offers condolences he never's like it's okay I'm sorry that this happened we'll figure this out he's like why didn't you put it in a file cabinet right yeah (laughs) Uh, Michelle doesn't know what happened and uh, Tommy oh go ahead maybe if you put your files in a filing cabinet none of this would have happened (laughs) Tommy doesn't have to worry about Michelle anymore though because she quit and she's going to go back to Cuyahoga Falls, where her parents live, uh, at the airport with Michelle. And before she can get on her flight, um, well, before she even books the flight, it's so weird in these movies to watch these people walking up to the gate and buying tickets. Yeah. It's such a weird foreign thing to think about. Because I'm like, she's at the gate. She doesn't even have a ticket. She's buying a ticket right there. Yeah. Right? That's just a so weird, weird thing. It's very weird. Um, I do remember a time a friend of mine I may have told this story already a friend of mine came back from Venezuela when we were in high school and I was able to go all the way up to the gate to meet them oh geez yeah it was just that that was the last time I can think of that ever happening at least so it must have been before 2001 Uh, Michelle's at the airport She's buying her ticket And she spots Paul and Bev making out The cat is definitely out of the bag She has her proof, right? So she calls her brother, the cop Detective, more or less Because she asked for the hit What was her last name? Michelle Um, I want to see Brock? Brock is what I Michelle Brock? Something like that. But yeah. she asked for officer, she asked for Detective Brock is basically yeah. what it is. Um, so out wallowing in their sour, sorrows, Tommy and Richard draw the attention of the local police. Uh, not wanting to be busted for drinking and driving, Tommy comes up with a plan, and it's bees. He didn't really have anything to worry about because he wasn't drinking. They can think he's drunk. Yeah. But what's going to the worst that they're going to they're gonna take if they don't have a breathalyzer for some reason, which was very commonplace in the mid 90s. Yeah. They're going to take him back to the police station and draw blood there. I don't know how that ex- actually works, but 
they're gonna draw blood and find out that he's zeros anyway, so it's not gonna really matter. But yeah, funny bees. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like he's not drinking. No, so he's not matter. drinking. Maybe he had a couple of drinks before the. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but they were pulled over by two anaphylactic officers, so they just leave. They're they like, leave. it's fine, whatever. <laughs> that scene. That scene is amazing, though. Just funny if that would actually work you know the <laughs> odds of that working but it's pretty great the buzzing would be pretty audible wouldn't it like yeah. you'd be able to hear it yeah eh, okay but still very funny and it gives us an excuse to see uh ray Zelensky's billboard so yeah that works out for us in the movie and so tommy comes up with a plan yet again and it's to go to chicago and appeal directly to Zelensky. i mean what else do they have to lose true so they go to the airport and they show up uh, in that monstrosity that they call a car. <laughs> yeah. uh, security says, you can't park that here. And Richard's just like, here, keep it. <laughs> I don't need it anymore. Uh, one last thing, though, about that car, since the last time we see it in the movie, uh, the director, Siegel, he's working on restoring the GTX. Oh, wow. Actively working on that. Um, he's been working on raising funds for it so that the GTX can be in the Peterson Automotive Museum in L.A., which is also the home of the Back to the Future DeLorean. Nice. So that article was actually from a few years ago. So maybe it's there. Oh, <laughs> uh, the flight is sold out to Chicago. Uh, Richard's convo with the flight attendant at the gate is the best. Yeah. Hi, I'm Earth. Have we met? I don't think so. <laughs> I can book you a return flight from Chicago at 5 p.m. If that helps. <laughs> no, it does not help. No. <laughs> but thankfully, Tommy has another plan. Another plan. He literally says, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a, I have plan. a plan. Do you have any money? Because I've got another plane. Uh, and it's to pay off some flight attendants for their uniforms to get on the plane under false pretenses. Like that would ever happen. <laughs> it's even like far-fetched in 1995. Super far-fetched because <laughs> the people that took the bribe are clearly going to lose their jobs. Clearly, right? Or, like You're endangering the everyone's lives because they could be... Right. dangerous people i mean if anything they should have shown tommy and richard cornering some and like locking them in a closet yeah, and stealing taking their uniforms or even better yet going somewhere within the airport and there's like just uh flight attendant uniforms in a closet yes, right seriously <laughs> that would have exactly. even been better that would have been better uh, so they do that. They get on the plane and Richard doesn't think it's going to go very well. No. Um, he thinks they're going to get busted and leave. I mean, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. Probably. Tommy leans into it though, right? He just yeah. is like, yep, <laughs> no, we're full on at this point. Uh, he's becoming pretty good at being under pressure. Hey, guess who's here? What are we serving tonight? Chicken or chicken? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best. Chicken or chicken? <laughs> That was enough to convince the other attendant that uh, so much so that she's like, you guys take coach. And how about the announcements? <laughs> Not just drinks or food. They're in charge of like 90% of the plane's passengers. Come on. Holy shnikes. Yeah. <laughs> the announcements are very, very funny. Though. Very funny. Okay, folks, the guy in front of you is Tommy. He'll be taking you through my little spiel here. Tommy is a Scorpio. He likes biking and he's never been laid. <laughs> <laughs> Exits. Okay, there's one back there. There's one probably over by the wing somewhere, usually. <laughs> what about seatbelts, you may ask? If you guys don't know how to use a seatbelt, just ring and just ring the call button and Tommy will come back there and hit you in the head with a tack hammer. <laughs> okay, and life preservers? These we may need. Although... What are the odds of us actually hitting a lake? My money says, if anything, we're gonna we're gonna hit a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> to inflate, pull it ar- pull it around your neck and yank down on this little tab. <laughs> and then perfectly, Tommy grabs the child's life preserver. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pulls that little tab and chokes himself in the process until he stabs it with a pen. <laughs> Just... Some more great physical comedy. <laughs> more great physical comedy. 
Um, overall, this section is a highlight of the movie, even though it's so preposterous. I yeah. think it's just a very funny bit. Um, hilarious. It's Farley and Spade at their best. They're just playing off of each other. Uh, and toss in a little bit of movie magic, and they're already making their descent to Chicago. Yep. We don't have to see them on the plane doing any of that stuff yep. whatsoever. It's just the descent to Chicago already. Where were they flying out of? Sandusky, Ohio. So it should have been a very short flight. Well, no, they've made it somewhere oh. else at this point, right? Or did they just get the Sandusky is where they last left? I th- Yeah, because they were back home and they saw the... The billboard. Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah, so they came back thinking the sales were all done. Yeah, all. so yeah. they left from Sandusky to Chicago. i got to imagine it's a pretty short flight. Pretty short, yeah. But still. You're like up and you're down again already. Give us one more scene of something going haywire with the drinks or something. Something. Because he said, I'll throw some peanuts at him. And yeah. you get on the microphone, like, let's see you throw some peanuts yeah, at him. I or really... serve the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Something. Something. He's... Spill a drink on Spill someone. A... Oh, God. <laughs> Today is not my day. There's yeah. just something like that. Just something like that. Maybe there was. I watched the Holy Shnikes edition, which is supposed to be like the extended whatever. Yeah. I didn't notice anything different. Sure. So that, that scene probably doesn't exist whatsoever. But I guess, so if they, the, the whole, it'd be even more preposterous the longer, if you're going to take it for like a thing, it'd be even more preposterous the longer we saw them on the plane. True. So maybe it was a good thing. Any way you look at it, whatever. <laughs> You take it for what you want, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but now uh, we are descending to Chicago, and it's time for the boys to change um, after an old lady destroys the toilet. Yeah. Ay, caramba. <laughs> Did you like how I spelled that? Because I didn't know how to spell it. <laughs> uh, uh, Richard and Tommy take turns changing. Richard takes one second. Literally. <laughs> Tommy does not understand what he just saw. He's just like, huh? What? <laughs> Uh, Tommy takes considerably longer than one second. Uh, once again, Farley shines with the physical comedy, smashing his head multiple times, breaking the toilet seat, and then busting out of the lavatory as he gets his tie stuck in the toilet. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tommy and Richard are headed to the Zelinskys now in a cab. Tommy is very nervous, so he's sweaty, uh, rubbing that air freshener all over his body. (laughs) You're going to smell like a cab driver. Not that that's bad or anything. (laughs) Uh, They get to Zelinsky's headquarters and they spot the man himself from across the street. So it's go time. It's a movie, so of course they're going to spot him from across the street outside. <laughs> uh, Richard and Tommy, they split up in the lobby because they've already lost the target. Yep. It must have taken them a long time to cross the street. Uh, <laughs> Tommy to the bank, Richard to the bank of elevators, kind of the same. So at the bank, listen up, this will only take a second. Everyone hits the deck and the guards slide their guns to Tommy. <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Uh, realizing what he's done, he vacates the area very quickly. <laughs> wow, what's going on down there? Am I consorting with a known felon? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, it's the guy who robbed the bank. I didn't rob any bank. Oh, yeah, right. Like, there was another real fat guy with a tiny head. I got a tiny <laughs> head? And Richard's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, into the elevator they go, but guess who's in there? Zelensky, because it's a movie. Of course. <laughs> the interaction doesn't go very well at the beginning. Uh, went a little heavy on the pine tree perfume there, kid. <laughs> Sir, it's a taxi cab air freshener. Great. You've pinpointed it. 
Step two is washing it off. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd at his best. He's yep. kind of gone off the deep end. He's always been weird. He's always been a weird guy into UFOs and all that type of stuff, but he's definitely escalated his weirdness in the last 10 years, I would say. <laughs> but still love me some Dan Aykroyd for sure. Uh, then the interview with the guards from the bank is very funny. They ca- He came out of the shadows behind me, and after he hit me many, many times in the head with a hammer, I had to give him my gun. You know, I've got kids. <laughs> Come on. Many, many, many times. times with a hammer. <laughs> Back with Tommy and Zelinsky. Tommy's making his best plea. It's not just the factory, it's the people in the town, too. Zelensky only wants the name Callahan because it's a premium product. Uh, he can just slap whatever he's got in a box that says Callahan, so yep. he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tommy's getting nowhere with Zelensky. The weaker animals always go, so the kids cry when you tie old tiger to a tree and shoot him. But that's life. America in a state of renewal. And we've got to have the strength to tie a few factories to the tree and bash them with a shovel. Put a little coin in the pocket being, put a little coin in my pocket being the a-hole. Well, what the hell? You know what I mean? <laughs> Boy, you sure are different in your TV commercials. Yeah, that's true. That was terrible. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, Zelensky makes no bones about who he is and how he differs from the public persona. He's just like, yep, that's how it goes. Uh, the hair with the wig with Richard, that's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> Top-notch gag. You say a word to anyone and I will kill you. Do you understand me? It looks real. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, Richard, and Zelensky, they make it to the boardroom, and guess who's there? It's Paul and Bev. Hey. Uh, and that's it. It's done. Callahan, Callahan Otto is no more, and Tommy has failed. He lost the company, and Mich- he lost the company and Michelle, and he let his dad down, and the bench they were sitting on collapsed. I could have done without that. <laughs> uh, pretty darn funny. <laughs> yeah. That's just... <laughs> It's insult to injury. Very funny. <laughs> uh, Richard gives Tommy uh, the silver lining, though. Uh, Tommy tried real hard and made a friend in the process. Sure, that's a silver lining of sure. sorts. Of sorts. It's yeah. not that 300 people now are without a job and possibly going to go homeless in a tiny town. Yep. You got a new friend, Tommy. Let that console you. Yeah. <laughs> Enter Michelle, because she's in Chicago, too. Once again, no <laughs> cell phone age, and we're just pulling right up to them on the street. Hey, <laughs> what a What a good guess. And she had to have left, like, immediately behind them yeah. and had, like, zero time to find them. <laughs> Love it. Movie magic at its best. Movie magic. <laughs> uh, she gets the Tommy with the news about Paul and Bev. I saw your stepbrother and stepsister, and he was kissing her. So? With his tongue. <laughs> Doing his mommy? <laughs> what a weird line. It's hilarious, yeah. though. She's not his mom. They're married. The cat's out of the bag. They are con artists. But wait, Tommy has a plan. Again! Again! <laughs> he spots the TV van and the dude with some flares. And I like where this is going, because it's an obvious bomb. <laughs> obvious fake bomb time. Richard, I'm going to need your watch. <laughs> oh, my God. He's wired. No cops. I don't want it to get messy. And again, Tommy gets the lobby to drop to the floor. Excuse me. Oh, God. (laughs) Done this before? (laughs) Yes, just very recently. (laughs) Uh, So up in the conference room again, and the sale of Callahan Auto is almost complete. Uh, Seems as though Bev sees her next target in Zelensky, doesn't she? Yep. Um, And he would probably fall for it, too, but we will never know because Tommy bursts into the room with the TV crew and Tom puts Zelensky on the spot. 
there's some uh, fun check-ins with some of the people that we've met along the way. Uh, the guy that Tommy gave his first sale to. Honey, look, there's a human bomb on the news. <laughs> oh, I buy brake pads from him. I thought we were watching cartoons. <laughs> and then he just turns the channel. Love that. At the diner, Tommy's on TV, and the waitress asks the guys if they want to watch this or American Gladiators. And Gladiators. Saying unison <laughs> Gladiators. Love it. Nitro. <laughs> And Tommy's college buddies. Is it just me or does Tommy look bloated? Nah, nah the TV adds a couple hundred pounds. A couple hundred pounds. <laughs> he looks nothing different than he did six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Where he was still not a believable college kid. <laughs> still not a believable college kid. That is very, very true. Uh, back with Tommy and he gets his uh, bull and butcher line right. Uh, and he gets Z- Zelensky to buy the brake pads from him. A half a million of them with one check to be exact. Uh, saving the town and the company. Uh, it's revealed to everyone in the room that Paul and Bev are married, and that means Tommy is the rightful owner of the second half of the shares of Callahan Auto, and guess what? He's not selling the company anymore. Uh, turns out Paul has many outstanding warrants, and he runs away. Uh, straight into a crash test area that we visited before when Tommy was talking to Zelinsky, And he goes for a ride on the front of one of those cars, which is, seems really dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets his nuts smashed by some sand and some sandbags, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love his reaction it's to that. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, and then Bev moves in on Zelinsky finally, and they leave to have dinner. <laughs> She's completely innocent, apparently. I guess. Please. Nobody says anything like, hey, she was involved in this, too. Yeah. Great. Nobody cares. <laughs> Tommy and Michelle. She's a ten. Because she's a ten. <laughs> there you go. Tommy and Michelle, they share a kiss. Good for Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, he saved the company and now he's running it. We're back at Callahan Auto in Sandusky. I just want you to know that as long as I'm around, I'm gonna bust my butt and make sure that every last one of you always has a job right here at Callahan. <laughs> Great, Tommy. Good job, buddy. <laughs> and then finally, Tommy on his dinghy to end the film. <laughs> I'm supposed to be at Michelle's for dinner, so if you could give me a little help, I'd appreciate it. If not, don't worry about it. I'm trying to do everything I think you'd be doing, So, and so far it's going pretty good. I just want to tell you that I still love you, and I sure miss you a lot. And here comes that breeze. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and smack. And one last parting smack from the sailboat. Uh, a good thing, because it's like, oh, his dad hit him in the back of the head, too. A loving smack in the back of the head for yeah. Tommy. Ah, uh, boy. Roll credits. What a wonderful, heartfelt ending, right? Yeah. It's a happy, happy ending. Back in the boat again. Back in the boat again. He gets the girl, he saves the company, and he gets closure with his dad. So it's happy, happy, happy. There's Any no, Richard friend, happy, 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 yeah, happy. Yeah, there's no way you see all those happies coming at the no, beginning of the movie. No, no way. I mean, this movie, Trav, is like really good. It's a really good movie. It's like really good. Yeah. Yes, it's a very traditional comedy. Yeah. And you can see the beats coming, you know, as they come up in the movie, but it's legitimately like a, a good movie, I think. Everything's really believable, too, because other than we already know Chris Farley is awesome. I yeah. Mean, he would be a very likable, very good in-person salesman. And yeah. let's be real, like especially when he realizes, like, just have fun with it. And yeah. So it all makes sense, you know. It does. I mean, you could say that Chris Farley as a performer is kind of a salesman because he's like selling himself to us as an audience. Yeah. And he's really good at it. You're right. If he would have been some sort of like person in sales, he would be richer than rich, yeah, right? Richer definitely. than rich. Richer than rich. Man, this movie, 
it, it it's hard. I kind of had the intentions of trying to compare this movie to Billy Madison, like when I first went into this episode. Yeah, I don't think you can really compare the two. They're just so different. They're so different. I think Tommy Boy is the better movie of the two. Agreed. I think it's the funnier of the two. Yeah. Uh, but not to take anything away from Billy Madison because it's its no. own thing. But this movie is just a really great piece of my childhood. I really think so. It's one of like reflecting on this movie watching and i'm just like it's it's a warm comfortable movie for me and i want to find myself watching it more often i Definitely. really do i really do and this was an email suggestion so yes don't it was forget, you can email yes. us what we should do at overdue homework podcast at gmail.com is this a man bear pig suggestion nope that's this next one uh-huh. coming up is but this was from timotheus oh. 1978 shout out timmy shout out timotheus <laughs> shout, out, timmy. shout out man thanks for the suggestion i'm glad we finally got to get to it yeah with well, this next homework assignment is another email it is it's 1991's hot shots Shots. it would have been interesting so this is an instance where our threads were disconnected because this would have been good to do immediately after top gun right because it's like a direct top gun parody yeah it would have been really good to do but so our threads weren't quite hitting on this one but still we're getting to it, and it still relates to our podcast very, very it's well. It's about a year-ish. A year-ish, <laughs> a yeah. Than yeah, it is like a year-ish. That, so. uh, Hot Shots in 1991 was directed by Jim Abrams, written by Jim Abrams, and Pat Proft, Minnesota's own Pat Proft. Boom. Uh, Pat Proft is a prolific comedy writer. He's been doing it for decades, and we're going to start running across a lot of his name within the next year for our podcast. Nice. Produced by Bill Badalato. Starring Charlie Sheen as Sean Topper Harley, Carrie Elways, love me some Carrie Elways, as Kent Pirate Gregory, uh, which is uh, kind of interesting because he played the Dread Pirate Roberts in, uh, um, what was the movie? The Princess Bride. So I like that his name's Pirate in this, right? So that's kind of cool. Valerie Golino as Ramada Thompson. Lloyd Bridges as Tom Tug Benson, Kevin Dunn as James Eyewitness Block, John Cryer as Jim Washout Pfaffenbach, Pfaffenbach. Uh, William O'Leary as Pete Deadmeat Thompson, Christy Swanson as Janet Bio Kowalski, Kowalski, Ephraim Zimblis Jr. as Mr. Wilson. That's the opposite. Usually, like, the easy name is the yeah. actor, right. and the hard name is the character. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. That's quite the name. I like that name as Mr. Wilson. Bill Irwin as Leland Buzz Harley. Ryan Stiles as Dominic Mailman. Nice. Farham. Farnham. Heidi Swedberg as Mary Thompson. Rhino Thunder as Oatana, the old one. Charles Barkley as himself. Nice. Bill Lambeer as himself. <laughs> and Jerry Halava. Halava. Looks like Halava. Halava as Saddam Hussein, which I'm going to talk about this probably a little bit more in the next episode. When the original promotional material of this movie came out, it was presented as Saddam Hussein as Saddam Hussein. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is uh, the original Gulf War time, 1991. Uh, Gene Greytack as Pope John Paul II. Cinematographer, if for those who care. Bill Butler, edited by James Curson and Eric A. Sears. Music by Sylvester Le- 
Bay. Distributed by 20th Century Fox, release date was July 31st, 1991. It had a budget of $26 million, a box office of $181.1 million. That is 403.3 in 2023. That's a lot of threes. Back to some more outstanding numbers when it comes to the box office. Yes, that's an outstanding number, considering the disparity between the cost and how much it made. Yeah, holy cow. $181 million in 1991. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Five years prior than the two movies we just covered, right. it made an extra like seventy million on top of those. Combined. Yeah, like, yeah, it did. Cow. That's insane, really, to think of. You put it in that type of con in that type of scope. That's insane to think about. Honestly, Ooh. you can stream this one am on Amazon, or you can own it. Good luck buying the Blu-ray though, because it's discontinued and it's like forty-five dollars. Yeah, so, I, I could not find it anywhere to buy easily. No, <laughs> I ended up buying it off of eBay, a DVD copy from. It was a discontinued DVD. I think it's from like 1999 or something like that. So it was only $4. So it wasn't like super expensive, but it's only a DVD, not a Blu-ray. So. Otherwise, it's on Prime for free? Prime for free. Nice. Streaming for Streaming for free on Prime. I just had to buy Tommy Boy on Prime, but it was like three fifty or something. Totally worth it. Well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Trav, will you hit me with that outro? Yeah, man. I'm excited to get to that one, too, because it stays at the premise of this podcast. Yes. Because I have not seen Hot Shots. Um, so yeah, let's get into these emails here. First one is from For the Love of God wants to know what's the next Chris Farley movie you're excited to cover? Hmm. Well, I mean Black Sheep. Black Sheep. Black Sheep. That'd be a really good one. I can't wait to cover that one. Besides Black Sheep, what else? Uh, was it uh, American Ninja? L.A. Ninja? Oh, Nin- Beverly Hills. Beverly Ninja. Hills Ninja. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but I would love to do that on this podcast. And I remember watching it when I was a kid, so I must not have thought it was bad when no, I was a kid. No, I feel like it came out in like 97, because he passed away in... in 97 or 98, one of the two, I think. I think he might... Um, we've, looked up this, we've looked this up before. It was like it was one of the last movies he made before yeah. he passed away. I remember seeing it in the theater. I feel like I saw it in the theater. Like I saw it at the downtown theater when it was still Cine 4. Yeah. Like I think I saw it in the theater here in town. But uh, yes, that either one of those two. I can't wait. How For about sure. you? I wrote down Black Sheep because, again, I think I've probably only seen it once. What do you think's better, having seen them both? So Tommy Boy and Black Sheep kind of fall underneath that casino and Goodfellas type of thing. It depends on which one you saw first. Okay. For me, Tommy Boy is the better movie, is the is phenomenal, and Black Sheep is a knockoff of Tommy Boy, okay. pers- kind of. Like, they're trying to recreate the same kind of thing. Sure. But uh, so it just kind of depends on which one you saw first because so. black sheep's like political setting yes and richard or david spade is again the helper yes. of the idiot basically yes it's uh uh in black sheep it's the senator chris farley plays the senator's brother and david spade plays the senator's like top aide oh, so gotcha. it's like the same thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> So definitely Black Sheep. Uh, I also wrote Almost Heroes. The one. Oh where... yes, I've never seen that. Oh, there we go. Him and Matthew Perry. So we'll definitely have to get to both of those eventually. Was that movie an instance where they had to use body doubles to finish it? Because didn't he die during the production of that movie? I really don't know. I've seen it a lot, but I never paid attention yeah. to that. But it'd be interesting to figure out. Yeah, it would be interesting to figure out. Uh, next email here comes from, I'll give you a crew cut, says, I know this is a 2000s question, but what was your favorite cell phone you had when you were younger? Well, when I got my first like flip phone, that was, I don't remember, it was a Samsung something or other. I never flip had a, phone. I never had a razor. Never, everybody Same. had razors. I Same. never had a razor. I had, oh, 
Mm, yeah, it was my first flip phone that I really liked. It was cool. It, like, it was more functional as a phone than it was like for texting and stuff like yeah. that. But when then when texting came, I got one of those phones that was like vertical, sort of like the old Nokia, but you yeah. flip it on its side and slide it up for the oh, keyboard, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. That was that was a really cool one. And then that first generation Android phone, yep. I had that one, the Droid, the Motorola Droid. I I got that one because Kristen one one nice in in when they came out so it was like circa 2007 2008 it was like right when we first started getting together she had to go to verizon to pay her cell phone bill she had a business card with her they had one of those fish bowls where it was like win a new phone and she won they pulled Jeez. her card out of it so she got a free phone i had to buy my phone because we were just dating at the time yeah, but, yeah. so those three phones nice. <laughs> how That's about you awesome. man i put a helio oh nice you, i don't I, know if you even remember i but do that was the same kind of thing the slide yeah, and it, I remember that was my first phone that had internet. Yeah, like, that internet oh. phone. <laughs> and I got like some deal through GameStop when I worked there oh, to nice. have a Helio. So, oh, you could used to be able to buy cell phones there. Can you still buy cell phones there? Uh, I mean, not too long ago, I saw they still had like tablets and that yeah. kind of stuff. So I'm not sure. For a little while, they were pushing buying people's used stuff. They were. But now I don't know if they're selling it or if they just wanted to get some mass inventory of it. Or... I don't. Who's buying used tablets and stuff? I'm not buying I'm used not. tablets. <laughs> and not. no offense, GameStop, if I'm going to go buy a new tablet, I'm more likely to buy it from Target or Best Buy Definitely. or Amazon or even go to Verizon and buy it through them, through Definitely. my cell phone provider. But Agreed. Yes. Uh, next email is from Six Cylinder Turbo Boost. Wants to know, <laughs> what was the first car you owned or drove? So first car I drove was a 1996 Pontiac Transport. Nice. Red with the gray bottom, the gray bottom plastic, you know, the wedge ones. It was a wedge. <laughs> it was the it was the coolest thing ever, man. <laughs> 3.8 liter, six cylinder. Six yeah. cylinder. All the seats would come out so I could pile all my friends in there. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first car I drove. The first car I owned was a 1988 Toyota Corolla SR5. So nice. it had the 1.8 liter four-cylinder instead of the <laughs> 1.2. Oh, man, that is awesome. That car only had AM radio. Nice. Yes. Nice. That car, well, not nice. But. It was, it was kind of... Actually, that car, honestly, to talk about something serious for a moment, like inspired my love of radio. Oh, that, it nice. really did. Like I was always kind of into radio, but having only AM like opened me up to all these other shows that I would have never listened to, talk radio specifically. So potentially, if you never had this car, we wouldn't be here right now doing it, this. It's a potential thing. Like That's butterfly, crazy. butterfly effect. I have a picture of it. I want to find it. I think my mom has it still. Because when I bought the car, you know, you got to do the pose next to it. Obviously. I was really into 80s like hair metal at the time. <laughs> and Poison had come to Mankato. And of course, I bought their concert tee. Obviously. So there's a badass picture of me with a bowl cut wearing a neon, it was black with neon green writing on it, poison t-shirt, dude, jean shorts, and jean shorts. jean shorts, and I'm pretty sure I was wearing like some Nike slides or something like that, you know, circa 2000-ish. The look. Whoo, boy, maybe even knee-high socks, like, That's what boy, I'm talking about. I can pick, I want to try to find that picture. <laughs> I'm going to ask my mom about it. We're going to find that picture. 
Nice. We're gonna find that. How about you, man? Uh, so first one I drove was like a mid to late nineties Jeep Cherokee that my dad nice. had that was definitely going off the deep end already. And the first one that I owned was a nineteen ninety six Dodge Spirit. Nice. Maroon, great, awesome car. <laughs> No power, no gusto. Yeah. But damn, did that thing get good gas mileage. Yeah. I remember one time just being stupid with Wade and my other friends driving in New Ulm and trying to purposely hit these like snow banks that were out into the road. And it made me do like a straight out 720 or a 1080 (laughs) and just snow flying everywhere. And then the next day the car wouldn't start or something, I think. And then my dad went out, lifted up the hood and it was just full of snow from going <laughs> sucking up into the grill and i had to act like i had no idea how that kids with some snowballs or something don't tell me fucking know they're just getting under the hood like, <laughs> shout out dad love you dad uh, did you have a name for that car i didn't you didn't i just called her the spirit well i guess so kind of so kind Dodge of spirit. so the the pontiac well, I called it the spicy cheese because it was like, <laughs> nice. you know, it's a slice of cheese that was red, spicy cheese. And then the Corolla was the urban cowboy. Dude. So I had this straw cowboy hat and whenever I drove it, I wore the straw cowboy hat. It's <laughs> <laughs> the urban cowboy. Oh man, listening to Poison. Yes. You got your jean shorts on. With the tape deck for the CD player. You know, you put the yeah. tape. To, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> listening to Poison. Oh man. Rocking out. No, better yet, I think I even like burned c- or like ripped CDs to cassette tape so I didn't have to worry about the CDs skipping. Oh my gosh. Pretty sure that's what I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, I digress. We got Drew back in his element here. Back in the element. <laughs> so the last one here is my question for Drew. So. <clears throat> Now that you have your own little Tommy boy slowly creeping up on one years old, is there any TV show, movie, game, or anything that you're extra excited for to do with Cam that maybe you think Evie wouldn't be interested in, or you're just not even trying with Evie? So, with Evie... I try to expose her to all my interests. You know, I try to be like, let's do this. If she wants to do it, we do it. And then a lot of it will fall off, especially sure. like the the really boy stuff, yeah. you know. So mostly that's what I'm excited for is like doing that boy stuff and like watching boy shows with yeah. him and like playing boy games and like being able like Evie likes to wrestle and like likes to be, you know, roughhouse and stuff. But it's still not the same because right. you can't really roughhouse with your daughter the same. But I'm already roughhousing with my nearly <laughs> six month old. Like honestly, Kristen will say you're being too rough with him. And I'm like no 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 no. He's a boy. Yeah, I'm toughing him up. He's a boy. I'm we gonna got, be a little rough with him. Only got 364 more days till next year's <laughs> hockey trial. Right, exactly. <laughs> so yes, mostly it's like just the the boy stuff like exposing him to the same stuff that i liked as a kid sure playing trucks you know cars video games to more of an extent i'm going to assume not necessarily like i shouldn't really assume that you know but you know video games a little bit more and stuff like that but boy stuff just as a just as a blanket statement boy stuff i like it uh so yeah thanks for listening people follow us on instagram and facebook at overdue homework podcast And as we said multiple times throughout this episode, please email us at overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, make sure you tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast.